One Team Media. Welcome to the DGD Podcast. Juan Daniels, touchdown Georgia. This is your favorite receiver, Juan Daniels. And you're listening to the DGD Podcast with my man, Robert Reynolds. Go dogs! Welcome back to the DGD Podcast. As always, Robert Reynolds is your host. Uh, Juan Daniels might be here. Uh, got some prearranged type things to deal with. So if he hops in, uh, we will catch him later. Look, everybody's already wishing happy birthday. Today is my birthday. Thank you very much. Uh, but first, the show sponsored by La Touraine. Right? La Touraine, uh, great watches at affordable prices. Uh, La-Touraine.com. Uh, use code DGD at checkout to get 10% off of your purchase. A uh, lot to talk about today, though. Uh, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like uh, and subscribe. Look, it does a lot for the show, uh, more than you realize, and it's free to do. It takes just a second. Uh, you know, obviously, listening to it here, uh, you know, let's take a look at the South Carolina uh, South Carolina game. I'm going to take a little bit of a review there uh, and also talk a little bit about some SEC games over the week uh, and, and how these things will play out uh, moving forward. Uh, but first, let's go ahead and start talking about South Carolina, right? Uh, dominant win, uh, 40 to 13. And honestly, you know, as much as there is, you know, to sit here and and, and take away, uh, you know, the first thing that came to my mind was some weaknesses that Georgia uh, really got exposed on. Uh, and that was Josh Van taking, uh, taking the top off of our defense uh, when Luke Doty came in. Uh, his ability to go up and and kind of get uh, over the defense and expose our secondary a little bit, which obviously we had questions leading into it. Uh, but nonetheless, I think looking into it, uh, you know, I think we will get better. And, you know, really outside of that, though, the other question was, uh, you know, offensive line and obviously the uh, liability, which I hate to call names, but we'll get more into that in just a minute. Uh, but initial takeaways from the game, obviously looking at uh, – you know, for the most part, I think it was a, a good win. Uh, A.D. Mitchell gets his first touchdown. Uh, uh, J.T. Daniels, obviously the biggest name there, uh, coming back and really showing no signs of any kind of rust or anything like that. So that's always a good sign there uh, when your starter comes in. Still, I really don't like this move. The whole quarterback carousel, uh, you know, letting J.T. get hot and then putting in Stetson. Uh, and, and then immediately going and having, you know, throwing a, a pick on the first play. I, I really don't like that idea there. Uh, could have been better, uh, you know, just let JT play. But, uh, you know, I'm I'm just here sitting, in, you know, behind a microphone. And everyone else, you know, Kirby Smart is making millions to coach the Georgia Bulldogs. So what do I know? Uh, you know, but nonetheless, I think you look at, you know, South Carolina, and, you know, we were able to stop the run for the most part. And I think, you know, outside of Van, we were able to shut down the offense. Obviously, Zeb Nolan got the start. Uh, Luke Doty came in shortly after with, with Zeb getting hurt. Uh, and, and obviously, I think Doty is the guy moving forward for South Carolina. I, I really do. Uh, you know, I was talking to one of my friends, uh, Chris, from the Spurs Up show. And one of the things about it, though, is, you know, Everybody looks at Georgia and South Carolina. Georgia's not the the test for, you know, for South Carolina. 
look at this week where they play Kentucky, I think that's a little bit better of a test for them. Uh, you know, so, you know, it was kind of expected, you know, I don't think anybody expected South Carolina to come in and make noise. And obviously it didn't happen, uh, you know, but they did show signs of, you know, weakness Georgia did. Uh, so obviously there's things to work on as we get ready for Vanderbilt Saturday. Uh, you know, the Nash, the Nashville nerds, if you want to call them that, uh, sorry guys. Uh, I'm not sorry, actually. Uh, but for the most part, I think looking into it, you know, there's good things to take away, right? Obviously, JT coming in, you know, any signs of the oblique injury, you know, I didn't see it. I mean, you could, you know, obviously you want to be careful, but I didn't see it. Um, you know, looking at it, the run game, right? Obviously, the run game was a question. We hadn't really been getting things going and moving. Uh, we ran the ball very well, easily the best running game uh, this year. But I do think that we still have to work on that um, a lot and have to get better at that. We really do. Uh, we we just have to to be able to, I think, to take the next step and and get into the championship. I think that's something you have to do. Um, you know, obviously, like I said, there's some things around the SEC that I do want to talk about a little bit later. Uh, you know, honestly, I think it'll be pretty interesting to see how Georgia season plays out. Uh, but nonetheless. Uh, obviously a huge dominating win defense did its thing. Uh, you know, Channing Tindall, look, Channing Tindall, if you're not familiar with him by now, you better get familiarized with Channing Tindall. All I'm going to say, all I can say, uh, dude has ridiculous speed. Uh, you know, obviously Darian Kendrick, we'll move on to Darian Kendrick here, uh, comes up with a pick, uh, you know, just really looking good there. Um, really looking good. So obviously you're looking at, you know, what South Carolina took away. Like I said, Doty was their guy, right? Doty is their guy. Uh, and, and he really showed up, you know, a threat to Georgia, for a temporarily threat, I guess you could say, you know, with his ability to throw the deep ball uh, to Van more specific, which, like I said, Van had a great game. Uh, Moss, uh, was it Moss, Darian Kendrick, uh, made some great catches, right? Just, just did. Uh, so, you know, obviously looking forward here, obviously the, the secondary uh, has to get shirt up uh, beside Darian Kendrick. Who's going to be that guy, right? Uh, obviously news today broke uh, Jalen Kimber uh, will be out uh, for the season. It seems like he went and had a season-ending surgery, so his season is over. Obviously you look at guys like Amir Speed, Keely Ringo. Who is going to be the guy that steps up and plays beside uh, Darian Kendrick? You know, obviously Speed – got beat a couple times deep, uh, you know, on the second play when they threw it deep, you know, got burnt by Van. So really needs need a second a cornerback to step up. It re- you really do. Uh, but obviously our defense did its thing, and I, I think you can't be mad. Uh, you know, you can, you can complain about a couple things like I'm talking about, but overall it's, it's just a great game. It really was a good game. Uh, so, you know, moving forward, right, Obviously, you're also questioning who's going to, you know, when is, when are we going to see uh, Darnell? When are we going to see, um, you know, Tyke Smith, right? You know, but everybody has to remember that Tyke is going to play star, not cornerback. You know, but does that mean Brainy plays corner? You know, who knows? Really, who who really knows? I don't. I, I don't know. Uh, I'm not going to try to sit here and tell you that I know. Uh, you know, but I mean, nonetheless, I think. You know, there are some questions there, but obviously, you know, we're also starting to see some guys come back from injury uh, at the right time. 
you know, so it's going to be interesting. Obviously, Kieris uh, is coming back, eased him in on some punt returns, you know, but Lad McConkey is looking just as fine. Like, that's the good thing about our depth right now. Uh, you know, you look at that right there. So, you know, moving forward here, I do kind of want to talk about some SEC here. Uh, you know, obviously, Georgia's biggest threat, uh, you know, biggest rival in the East, biggest threat overall. Uh, Bama, Florida played Saturday. And I don't know how to come about saying this, but it looks like Alabama's beatable. Uh, I don't know how much of it is that compared to how much of it is Florida's actually a legit team. Don't really know. Don't really know. So, you know, with that being said, though, you look at obviously the game situation. Uh, first quarter, Bama goes out. It looks normal. 21-3, uh, kind of what I was expecting. Uh, you know, but then you turn around to the second half and it just becomes a completely different game. Uh, you know, Florida storms back with Emory Jones and, you know, ends up being 31 29. Uh, you know, obviously there are no moral victories when it comes to football. Right. Uh, you know, but there's a lot to question on both teams. And, and I, honestly, I'm at the point where I don't know which to believe. And I think it's more Bama being kind of mortal looking, uh, you know, because they Henry Toa Toa looked absolutely lost and they were just running at him and nobody could stop it. Like he couldn't stop it. And, and I think you're, ex, you're exposing the key blueprints here to, to really make a, you know, a push to beat Bama this year. Uh, you know, Emory Jones has been, I mean, subpar, at least in my opinion, but nonetheless, you know, he didn't turn the ball over. I think he threw one pick, but that was it. And outside of that, he, you know, managed well and actually ran the ball well. Uh, and, and that right there, the quarterback run, but I don't know if Bama was not ready for it, but they couldn't stop it. And that's what allowed them to come back in, you know, really establishing the run game. They ran for over 200 yards of rushing against Alabama, and, and that's uncommon. So with that being said, you know, that really makes a question to, you know, like I said, is Alabama beatable this year? I don't know if they're, at least right now, at the level that they typically were in years past. That raises a lot of questions because, well, Georgia uh, is lurking and waiting probably in, uh, you know, in the SEC championship game. But you also have to worry about, well, from Bama's standpoint, can they beat Ole Miss? You know, and that's a question there. But that'll be a couple weeks from now. That'll be a very good game. Uh, I think week five is when that game is. So. That'll be interesting to see, but kind of want to transition into the SEC here with my power rankings. Uh, so with that being said, we'll start here with the West, uh, and I still have Alabama at one. Uh, I, I think that it was a toss-up here uh, between Alabama and Ole Miss. At one point, wanted to switch Ole Miss to number one. They just don't have a defense, guys. They really don't have a defense uh, that makes me you know, comfortable with moving them to number one. Their offense is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Uh, Matt Corral is going to be the Heisman. There's no question about it. But can they stop anybody? I think their defense has gotten better. However, I don't know if it's good enough to beat Bama. That's the that's the key right there. You know, they've got a game with old, uh, Texas A&M as well, uh, which is Texas A&M at number three uh, for this week. You know, te- Calzada looked fairly good, you know. Uh, but Texas A&M goes to uh, Jerry World and plays Arkansas. So we'll see what happens with both of these teams, uh, see who's real, who's not. 
uh, come Saturday and Arkansas being number four, this is very, this is going to change. This could change very well. could change uh, comes, you know, next week, depending on how that game plays out, because we'll about, we're about to find out if, if Arkansas is the real deal or not, you know, you beat Texas, but to me, I'm not sold on Texas whatsoever. So if, if Arkansas does win against A&M, then you almost have, you, I mean, you move them up, right? You move them up to number three, depending on how they win, you could almost move them to number two, you know, but then after, you know, after A&M, then they go to play Georgia. And I think if they beat A&M, that will truly be the test there. I really do. But for now, I have Arkansas at four. Auburn at number five. Look, the the happy, you know, obviously going up to Happy Valley playing Penn State, you know, in the whiteout. You know, Penn State is not the greatest team, uh, you know, but at the, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you do take a loss. Uh, you know, there's some questionable calls there, you know, completely missing it down from the refs. The refs just screwing them there. The targeting penalty was a bunch of bullshit, in my opinion, too. But, you know, you take an L up in Happy Valley. It's not the worst loss that you could deal with, but it's still a loss. So I have Auburn at five. I mean, yeah, five. LSU at six. I moved them up. I moved them up. I know it's Central Michigan. I know. But they took care of business. What They, they did what they had to do. Uh, regardless of the opponent. So, um, you know, have them at six. Mississippi State, I just don't – look, I just don't think – I really just don't think that it matters too much. Mississippi State's going to be there unless they just – you know, LSU completely just falls off the – you know, just completely falls off. So, you know, that's my West predictions. Like I said, I'll go one through seven years. Alabama at one, Ole Miss two, Texas A&M three. Four, Arkansas, five, Auburn, six, LSU, and Mississippi State at the bottom at number seven. Now we move on to the east. There's no question here. Georgia at number one. I don't think it's even close. Uh, making a move to number two, uh, Florida. You know, even, a, even even in a loss, even in a loss, I still have to take into, take into play here the ability to play Bama close. Now, like I said, how much of that is Bama – you know, being vulnerable or how much is that Florida actually showing that they're a really good team that that's to be determined. But I look at it and regardless, I think the way they played, you know, I think it was merit to move them up. Number two, maybe even if it is for just this week, uh, number three, Kentucky falling down to three. Uh, you know, they did take a win. They did get the win. Uh, although ugly, uh, they did get a win. I don't expect them to, to play that ugly kind of game again this week. Uh, so we'll see what happens there, but I do move them to number three. Mizzou at four. I don't think this changes um, considering the, the next three at the bottom here. I think Mizzou probably stays at number four. Uh, obviously, Kentucky beating them in week two kind of keeps them there. Uh, you know, s- still did pull out a win, uh, but obviously it's just going to be wait and see with Eli. Uh, and company there in Como. Uh, number five, Tennessee. Uh, Tennessee's probably going to fall down. Depending, it's only a matter of time, in my opinion. It, it's only a matter of time. Uh, you know, six, South Carolina. Look, they got, as expected, they couldn't compete with Georgia, but that's not a testament to, you know, a detriment to how bad they are or anything like that. It's just where they are right now uh, and, and trying to, 
you know, to move up and, and trying to build the uh, establish the culture, things like that with Shane Beamer. They're going to be fine. It's just taking some time, as expected. Uh, but right now they are at six. And then seven, like I said, Vanderbilt, I don't think Vanderbilt changes here. I really don't see them moving anywhere. I really don't. Um, you know, obviously they stay at seven here, which kind of leads us to, you know, the Georgia-Vanderbilt game, which we'll talk about tomorrow. But, uh, you know, Vanderbilt is just not a good team right now. Not a good team at all. Uh, so those are the power rankings. If you're in the comments, hit us up with your power rankings, what you saw that you liked, what you didn't like. Let us know in the comments while we're sitting here uh, and talking a little bit about it. Uh, obviously, you know, like I said, South Carolina, I think South Carolina is a up-and-coming program. Uh, you know, kind of give them some a moment here. You know, they got outplayed, right? And, and, and Shane Beamer knew what was coming in that it was going to be a difficult task to try to beat Georgia, you know, and I'd said earlier that you got to just play competitive. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing that, you know, South Carolina was looking to do. You can't come in here and expect to beat Georgia like 2019. And and that's, that didn't do anything for them in 2019. Wouldn't do anything. Now the key there is to play competitively. You know, I, I do think that they made some progress here, you know, exposing our secondary, uh, you know, they didn't score a lot of points. They did score on Georgia, though. So, you know, that is a big deal, right? That's a big deal. Uh, you know, the f- first touchdown given up all season offense or defensive touchdown given up. Uh, so, yeah, you know, th- I mean, they they have some things to take away as well. Uh, you know, and then they look at playing, I, th- I think it's Kentucky. Uh, it will he be this uh, week uh, night game there? So, you know, a lot to take away uh, from this. Uh, you know, obviously, at the end of the day, I think obviously Georgia overpowers South Carolina just like we expected. You know, did not cover right the thirty, almost oh, say like thirty-one and a half point favorite or something there. Uh, didn't cover, but pretty came close. So, you know, obviously looking at that right there, just a lot to take away. Um, you know, but also, you know, obviously if you're keeping up with the news here, uh, looking into a situation where. I'm going to transition outside of, you know, from this game, away from the game, and to focus around the program here. And, and it starts with George Pickens. Right? Everybody saw the, you know, heard about the news, uh, George Pickens running routes in practice, you know, albeit on air, uh, and looked great. The thing is, I expect him, you know, if you're running routes on air, I would expect that to be the case. I would be concerned if it wasn't. Um, but that also transitions to, you know, when will, if if and when, Pickens will play this year. And I've said it before, and I'll say this again now, Pickens is going to play this year. Uh, it's just a matter of when. Obviously, you look at, you know, us beating Clemson, and that kind of expedited the, you know, the national title hopes, right? Definitely, exp- you know, definitely put that on a fast track to the playoffs. So I think in this case right here, you know, it's a matter of getting him ready for that, right? Obviously, if we take care of business, you know, get him ready for that. And I, I think, you know, there's talks that they could be ready for Florida game. Now, does Ron Corson and Kirby do that? Uh, maybe. I don't. I just don't see it. I don't see that happening. You know, maybe after, you know, maybe after Florida for sure. You know, obviously there's, you know, less talent there. You've got Missouri. You've got uh, Charleston Southern, Georgia Tech uh, before the, uh, you know, before the conference championship, things like that. I, I want to make sure that he's ready for the national or for the for the conference championship uh, in Atlanta, and I want to make sure that he's ready to go 
for the playoffs if we do indeed make it there. So, you know, do I want to see him come forward to time? Yes. Yes, I do. I do. Because I want to see what JT and George Pickens would do against Florida just to shut them fucking Gators up. That's all I'm going to say. I just want to see, I just want to see it. I really do. Because there's there's a lot of fans out there, George or Gator fans that are all all hyped up on Javon Dexter and fine. Brenton Cox, you know, the Georgia guy that goes from Georgia to Florida. I just want to shut him up. I really do. I really do. I really want to just shut him up. So I want I want us to be of as full strength as we can because there's a lot of Georgia fans that use the excuse we were out players last year. And that may be true. It may be. But it doesn't matter because you still got to go play the game with what you got. So, you know, obviously you can say that we didn't have our starters. And, and I think if – honestly, I do think that if we had those guys last year, it would have made a difference in the game. Yes. But we got beat. That's just the way that is. So, with that being said, Georgia – I want to see Georgia at full strength. Make no excuses. I want to I want to see it as close as possible. I want to see it being even. And I just want to keep it going. You know what I mean? So, you know, obviously looking at that right there, Pickens coming back. If Pickens comes back for Florida, there might be some pissed off Gator fans, and that's fine. Let it, let them be pissed off. I'm okay with it. I really am. But, uh, you know, you're looking into it, I think, you know, it would be fun to just sit there and just throw up points on them. Uh, we're not going to get too much into that right there. But also, you know, obviously, you know, talking about injuries and guys coming back, you also have to look at uh, Tyke Smith and Darnell potentially coming back. Uh, you know, there's a potential that they could come back play Saturday, right? What what does that bring? What does that bring to Georgia? You know, you see here, you know, you have Brock Bowers emerging as one of the – he's leading the team in receiving as a true freshman. We saw him make play after play after play. You know, just imagine him and Darnell Washington back with Darnell being healthy. You know, and then you have Pitt, uh, Fitzpatrick, which – that just right there is just shows you how deep we are at the tight end spot, you know, but then you get Dominic Blaylock back in the receiver room, right? So there's a lot of guys that are uh, injured right now that are coming back at the right time because after Vanderbilt, these next four games that we play, that's, that's our toughest stretch by far because you're looking at an Arkansas team that's going to be ranked. You're looking at Kentucky that I think should be ranked. Auburn, we'll see what happens, but they'll probably be ranked. And then you sit there and you take a bye week and recoup, you know, and then you sit there and go play the Gators in, uh, in Jacksonville, right? So what looked to be a weak schedule actually turns out to be a difficult stretch here for Georgia. You know, a lot of – I was looking at it. Even before the season, I, no one expected Arkansas to do what they're doing right now. I, I knew they were going to be good. Did I expect them to beat Texas? Maybe, but I didn't. I, I called Texas to win, Eat my crow and eating my crow there. But nonetheless – Arkansas is a ranked team now. Kentucky has a passing game. I said it before in the offseason. All Kentucky needs is a passing game to be a true threat here. They've got it. That being said, now you really have to take the Kentucky game seriously. You can't sit there and just and try to stack the box like we would in years past. That's not the case. Now you actually have to sit there and defend against that offense because they have the ability to, to throw the ball on you. And it makes for a better game. I think Georgia still wins that game, but it's not just an easy stop the run and be done. 
It's not going to be that way. Mistakes. You have to, you know, get to the quarterback. Stop Rodriguez when it comes time to play Kentucky, right? But then also their defense is still just as good as it was last year. They're, they're good. So you have to make – you have to execute on offense, which turns to the offensive line. Look, we've there's got to be a change made on the offensive line. You, you have to make a change. You know, Tate Ratledge's injury is really killing Georgia right now. It's really exposing the weakness that we have, and that's in the guard position, the interior offensive line positions. You have Jamari Sawyer playing left tackle, which he fits better at the guard position. This is why it's so crucial for somebody, whether whether it's Broderick, whether it's uh, you know Mims, somebody, somebody's got to step up and take that left tackle spot, because then. You sit there and you're able to slide Sal, you're out of the tackle spot to left guard. You're able to move Justin Schaefer to right guard. Warren Erickson, the liability, becomes, you know, a backup center. Or he takes back over the center spot, depending on if Cedric Von Prahn handles his business and starts making, you know, obviously plays better. I think he has to play better and has to under has to really start understanding pre-snap. Look, the speed of the game is 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 very fast. I'm not gonna say it's not. So I'm not gonna I'm not going to punish anybody or slander anybody for that. It's a completely different type of speed. But, you you know, from a center position, there's just no excuse for missed assignments and, and identifying mic IDs, things like this. You have to do it because if you don't, you, somebody's going to get hurt. So you have to really be know what you're doing. You know, he did great. I think he did very well against Clemson. See UAB, sees a lot of, you know, see a lot of mistakes. You know, then you look at South Carolina, you know, did a little bit better than UAB by far, you know, but you're still seeing Warren Erickson getting just out athletic, basically just not as athletic as he needs to be. And he keeps getting beat. So to me, Erickson's not the guy at right guard. That's why it's so crucial for Broderick or so, you know, or Mims to assume that left tackle spot. Somebody's got to make that because if not, it's like, it's going to be, a, it's going to be a problem if we're still trotting out number 50, you know, against the likes of Kentucky and Auburn, because those guys are going to look at him and they're going to hunt him down because it's just, just the weakness right now. So somebody's got to make that stand. I expect it to be Broderick Jones based off of experience. He's got to. Do I want to see Mims? Absolutely. I think Mims is going to be a legit bona fide stud, uh, you know, as his time as the dogs continues. I see that. Nonetheless, I'm just saying somebody has got to assume that left tackle spot. That way you can move Salyer down. You just have to. You just have to. But not, But more about that, we will talk more about that tomorrow uh, in the Vanderbilt game preview. For today, though, we're going to wrap it up for the podcast section here. So obviously, you know, like I said, go check out lotsofrain.com. That's who we are sponsored by. Check out their watch selection, their sunglasses, they got a bunch of other things. Check out LaTerrain.com. That's La-Terrain. I'll spell it out for you. La-T-O-U-R-A-I-N-E.com. Make sure use code DGD at checkout for 10% off your purchase. And on that note, though, guys, make sure wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure to like, subscribe, follow, things like that. Uh, it really helps and benefits the podcast. And on that note, go dogs. This is the DGD podcast. Go dogs.